Well, we would certainly like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, of course, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show. We have, uh, later on, after our jazz feature, which I'll tell you about in a moment, Um, Coming up, we have uh, some music by some Grammy Award winners, yes, and uh, some incredible music um, by uh, two wonderful women jazz musicians that that won uh, in the Grammys. We'll be doing that a little later on in the show, and we'll be hearing music by, oh, Charlie Parker, we'll be hearing music by Youssef Latif. Um, we may even get into some, a little bit of comedy with some Dave, Dave Frischberg, um, pianist Elmo Hope, um, some music by Mr. Coltrane and Mr. Mingus that uh, both have uh, relevance to uh, Black History Month. But that's all after the feature. And, of course, our feature is all about Black History Month. All the features we've been doing this month, the month of February— is a tribute to Black History Month, whether a direct tribute or an indirect tribute. This is a very important recording in the history of Miles Dewey Davis, Miles Davis. And interestingly enough, I've heard, you know, so many descriptions and Miles being one of our most important jazz musicians. Incidentally, there's um, going to be a worldwide distribution of a movie coming out called Miles Ahead that was uh, put together by Don Cheadle, the great actor. And he plays Miles Davis. And I've seen some trailers. A lot of people have. They're on the Internet, on Facebook, and that sort of thing. Again, another jazz movie. I will definitely see it, but I'm not sure about it. I don't know. There, some of the scenes that I've seen in the trailer, I sort of scratch my head and say, you know, Don Cheadle played, plays the role of Miles Davis very well. He's got the voice down, the gestures, the mannerisms, all that sort of stuff. But the story, I'm not sure. And uh, there were certain scenes in the, uh, in the trailer I, I said, did Miles really do that? I don't think so. Anyway, regardless, jazz is, um, and of course, uh, it is a Hollywood production. Jazz has never been very kind to Hollywood, uh, or, or, or Hollywood has never been kind to jazz, really. It's treated it uh, with either indifference or um, kind of gave a fantasy uh, impression about jazz and some of the musicians that it portrayed. Um, Not very realistic. A good one, of course, was Clint Eastwood's Bird. That was respectful, at least, but it really didn't do Charlie Parker justice. Uh, He was much more than the martyr that he was portrayed in the movie, although Forrest Whitaker did a great job with what he had to work with. And as I said, Eastwood was respectful. The best jazz movie to me is the movie starring Dexter Gordon, where he plays a composite character, 
and the movie's round, called Round Midnight, and it was produced and directed by a Frenchman. And somehow that movie really, to me, um, was a very truthful and moving portrait of the jazz life as um, it was in the 50s and 60s. And Dexter was nominated, actually, for an Academy Award um, for his role in the movie, but it was so natural for him to play a jazz musician because that's who he was. Anyway, that's my opinion. So getting back to Miles Davis, this, um, this is another thing about Miles is his sound. Most musicians who play the trumpet, you know that they are playing the trumpet. Uh, you know that they are trumpet players. But somehow with Miles Davis, and I've heard many people describe this, they say, yes, I know he plays the trumpet, but it's so personal and so beautiful. I don't think of it as a trumpet. I don't think of it as a, as, as a, uh, a faceless brass instrument with, with valves on it. There's something deeper in what Miles Davis does, and it's all about the sound. And uh, somehow, you know, this is Miles Davis's inner voice. And this recording that we're going to hear is um, Miles Davis's and Gil Evans' version of the Gershwin Brothers' folk opera, Porgy and Bess. Now, we all know that Porgy and Bess is about black people, and it's about black people in the South. It took place in the year 1912. um, The Gershwins uh, created an opera out of a book that was written by a a gentleman named Du Bois Hayward. And he wrote this book called Porgy, and it depicted um, the life of African Americans in a southern fishing village and all the things that went on there. And that's how, where the opera was derived from. The opera came to fruition with the Gershwin brothers, George and Ira, and it was brought to life and produced in 1934. And it was castigated by uh, people that felt uh, that black people didn't deserve an opera. It was boycotted, it was criticized, and so on and so forth. But somehow, through all this uh, racist opposition, it survived. And, of course, it soon became, with, the, with all the great songs that it contained, became one of the most um, beloved of all American folk operas. Porgy and Bess, and it's been done time and time and time again. And it's basically the center of it is life in this fishing village with all the different characters. You got a preacher, you got a con man, you got all kinds of people in in there. But the main thing is the love between Porgy and Bess. And Porgy being a quiet, honest, very modest man um, becomes fatally attracted to Bess, who was the most beautiful woman in town with a past. She had a man. She didn't love the man, but she was somehow tied to him, and he was mean and violent and beat her up. And she kind of found peace with Porgy. And, of course, they fell in love. 
but she still had to deal with this with this uh, um, her former lover, and so did Porgy. And that's what the story is about it. They eventually triumph, and they move north to a life, um, and that's that's basically the the plot of the opera. And of course, a lot of the songs have to do with their love affair. So. That's basically the story of the music. Miles Davis and Gil Evans took this music and personified it in their own way. And um, it became one of Miles Davis's greatest musical statements. Uh, Miles and Gil Evans went back to about 1948, uh, where, the, uh, where they met. And Gil Evans was a part of uh, Miles Davis's ill-fated, uh, artistically successful, but commercially uh, ill-fated band, uh, the the, the um, kind of blue band. They reunited in 1957 with an album called Miles Ahead, where Miles played and Gil Evans rearranged a whole bunch of wonderful material. And that album won all kinds of critical accolades. Porgy and Bess was their second venture together. Their third venture was the very famous Sketches of Spain album, and there was uh, one more, but it was unfortunately not completed. And that, that came out as an album with some short tracks, a very short album called Quiet Nights. And that was basically um, those four albums. But the three that I mentioned, Miles Ahead, Porgy and Bess, Sketches of Spain, are really musical monuments. Gil Evans assembled a band mostly of um, uh, all the great brass players, uh, in New York. I'm not going to get into all the names and so on. There's a few changes uh, over the course of the record. But I will mention that Paul Chambers, the great bassist, is on all the tracks. Miles Davis, of course, is on all the tracks. And there are two drummers. There are three tracks, and I'll tell you which ones, with Philly Joe Jones. And um, they're Oh, <laughs> all right. Something happened. The lights went out there for a moment. Um, there are three tracks with uh, Philly Joe Jones, and uh, I'll tell you uh, the tracks that he's on. Um, and the other drummer, of course, is um, Miles' regular drummer of the time, Jimmy Cobb. Philly Joe had just left Miles Davis's employ, but he was used on three tunes here, and one tune he is featured on. So that's basically the gist of it. And, of course, um, as I said, all kinds of uh, trumpets, uh, trombones, French horns, tubas, all the kind of instruments that make up uh, a Gil Evans orchestra. And, of course, his unique arrangements uh, on uh, these Gershwin tunes. And I should say one more thing, that Ira Gershwin her, uh, was presented this album to listen to. And... Um, he fell in love with it. He said, this is the most unique interpretation I've ever heard of our music, referring to him and his late brother, George. And he said, that Miles Davis is an incredible musician. And I love the album. I'm going to continue to play it. So it got kudos from Ira Gershwin. All right, we'll get to the music. We open with, um, it's, this is kind of a theme. It's called the Buzzard Song. I, I just love the, this piece of music. 
tune number two is the first love song of the album, and it's called Bess, You Is My Woman Now. And that's what Porgy said to Bess. Then we have a tune that actually was written by Gil Evans, but it's based on uh, a theme from the movie, but it's an original by Gil, and it features, it's a great jazz piece, and it features Miles Davis and Philly Joe Jones on this tune, and it's called simply Gone. Then we have, we're back to the Gershwin theme. Um, uh, Tune number four is called Gone, Gone, Gone. And, of course, that's when Bess disappears and uh, Porgy is in the throes of lamenting um, in, in the plot of the play. So the next tune, of course, is probably the most familiar on the opera, and uh, that is, of course, Summertime. Then tune after Summertime, that uh, is a beautiful, another beautiful ballad called Old Bess, Where's My Bess? And then we go to the, the church, and it's a prayer. Oh, Dr. Jesus, and it's tune number seven. Then we have um, a sort of a, an amalgam of tunes that are all put together um, depicting the fishing village, and it's called Fisherman, Strawberry, and Devil Crab is the title of that one. And then my absolute favorite track of the uh, album, and Philly Joe Jones is once again the drummer on that track, and that's the track where Bess is lament for Porgy because she feels that she's lost them, and it's her lament, and it's called My Man's Gone Now. Then a great tune, kind of an uplifting thing and a fun tune, uh, it ain't necessarily so, and that's, that's a great tune <laughs> in, in the opera. And then there's another very short thing called Here Comes the Honey Man, and uh, that's kind of an interlude. And then the beautiful ballad uh, depicting their eternal love together, uh, Bess's tune, I Loves You, Porgy, is uh, tune number 12. And the final tune is when they take off and uh, in, in a fishing boat, and they're headed up north to New York City, and this is uh, the last tune of the whole set, tune number 13. It's called There's a Boat That's Leaving Soon for New York. So that's it. So we take you now to Miles Davis, Gil Evans, and the orchestra, and our jazz feature for Black History Month. The great music from Porgy and Bess. Sit back and enjoy this one.
That's our jazz feature. The music adapted from the great American folk opera, Porgy and Bess, by Gil Evans, who did all the orchestrating, and uh, that was his orchestra. And, of course, the chief soloist was the one and only Miles Davis. And uh, this marked their second major collaboration on records. And 
I've always maintained that this is the deepest and most emotionally committed of all their collaborations. And I think it was because of the music and because of what the music represented, which was one of the first great um, and popular, although it didn't start out that way, operas um, about African-American life in America. And as I said, the, uh, the story took place uh, in 1912 in a southern fishing village and involved the love affair between Porgy and Bess and, of course, all the other characters uh, within that uh, village and the whole, the whole story. And the music represented um, their, uh, their life together. And, um, of course, this was an instrumental version of the tune. Um, you can find the, um, the complete opera uh, all over the place. There's so many recordings of it because it is indeed one of the most popular of all um, American folk operas. And it was written, it was based on a novel by Du Bois Hayward uh, called Simply Porgy, and it was adopted as, uh, or adapted uh, as an opera by the Gershwin brothers, George, who wrote the melodies, and Ira, of course, who was the um, lyricist in the Gershwin family. And uh, this went on to become one of the best known and best loved of all American folk operas. So there you have it. And that was um, a very individualistic interpretation of the music from Porgy and Bess. And of course, Miles Davis and Gil Evans stamped it with their individuality. Uh, it was a huge orchestra put together by Mr. Evans and Ann Miles, and uh, comprised of all so many um, very well-known people, uh, trumpet players, uh, tuba players, uh, French horn players, um, musicians that were able to, uh, um, read artists that were able to double on, you know, all the flutes and the clarinets and all the different effects that, that Gil Evans used in his orchestrations. There's no other orchestrator like Gil Evans, a, a most, uh, most unique man. And I must tell you that Gil Evans was a Canadian. He was born in Toronto and moved, uh, at a very young age with his mom to the United States. But, uh, it's kind of nice to know, too, uh, that the great, and he had a good long life, of course. And it was these recordings, series of three or four recordings that he did with Miles Davis that really brought Gil Evans to the fore uh, in terms of, because he was kind of a background man. He wasn't a composer, per se. He was an arranger, and uh, that's what he did, and um, um, put together, you know, his unique orchestrations of... Uh, songs that were already out there. And that was his unique contribution. Of course, he, he, in later years, went on to become a band leader with his own band and all that sort of stuff. But um, really became famous with these recordings with Miles Davis. Uh, so I mentioned all, I didn't mention all the horn players because I'm not going to, but I will say the bass player throughout all of this was the great Paul Chambers. And there were two drummers, uh, on three of the selections, Philly Joe Jones, Miles Davis's favorite drummer, uh, was on those. And then uh, Jimmy Cobb took over the uh, drum chair on the rest of the tunes. And Jimmy, of course, 
became Miles Davis's regular drummer for many, many years. So we opened with the buzzard song, and we moved to, of course, the first love song of the whole um, opera or operetta, Bess, You Is My Woman Now, and then an original by Gil Evans, um, based on one of the themes uh, in the opera. And uh, so he just created an original composition, and it was called Gone, and it essentially fe- uh, featured Miles Davis on trumpet and Philly Joe Jones on drums. Philly Joe stayed for the next tune where that tune was derived from, and that was a, a Gershwin tune called Gone, Gone, Gone. And, of course, that... Um, Again, that was another uh, love song. And then we moved to probably the best-known melody uh, of the whole operetta, and that, of course, was Summertime. And uh, then a a beautiful love song uh, followed Summertime, Oh, Bess, Oh, Where's My Bess? Kind of a, a lament because Bess left Porgy, and he thought it was all over. And um, then we moved to the church, and a very intense prayer, and uh, that was entitled, Oh, Dr. Jesus. Then we moved to um, uh, combine a a bunch of themes uh, that sort of depicted the little fishing village that all of this took place, and it's called Fisherman, Strawberry, and Devil Crab. And then we moved to, uh, as I mentioned, my favorite of all the compositions, two number nine, again, a lament by Bess this time, uh, by Porgy this time, oh, by Bess. Yes, yes, there we go. We get confused. Porgy's the man. Uh, it's Bess's lament, and, of course, it's it's entitled My Man's Gone Now, and the drummer on that one was also Philly Joe Jones. Then Jimmy Cobb's back for the rest of the uh, drummer. Jimmy Cobb is for the rest of the tunes. He comes back, and we get into a, a really rhythmic version of a great tune that everybody knows, too. It ain't necessarily so. All right. Whatever they tell you, it ain't necessarily so. And then uh, a little mood piece called Here Come the Honey Man. And then uh, the other great love song when Porgy and Bess finally come together. And uh, she declares his love um, for him, his, her eternal love. And that's the tune, I Loves You, Porgy. And um, then the final tune is a very happy thing because they're going to leave for New York City and a better life. And uh, the tune is called simply, There's a Boat That's Leaving Soon for New York. And that concludes the opera and our tribute to Black History Month uh, through our jazz features. Um, Not our final tribute because we have two more to go for the rest of the month. But of course, that was Miles Davis and Gil Evans and the music from Porgy and Bess. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. We'll be right back right after these important messages. Hey there. This ad caught your attention. It also caught the attention of the coolest people from Squamish to Bellingham, music fans, students, and members of various cultural communities. If you want your ad to do the same, advertise with CITR and Discorder. If you've got a rad new ad or just something you want to share, whether in print, on air, or online, promote your wares, services, or events with us. 
Contact us at advertising at CITR.ca or call 604-822-4342. Visit CITR.ca for rates, information, and packages. This is the end of our ad, and if you're still here, we must be doing something right. Broad Fair is back on Thursday, February 25th. Meet face-to-face -face with top universities from around the world and start planning to travel. Learn about degrees in law, medicine, health sciences, arts, technology, pharmacy, business, hotel management, and much more. Check out our travel zone for volunteering, language programs, adventure travel, and work abroad. For more info, visit studyandgoabroad.com. There's also free admission. CITR's annual fun drive is kicking off with a party at the Pit Pub in the Nest on February 25th at 6 p.m. There will be great bands and a raffle for rad prizes donated by AMS Events, Varsity Outdoor Club, and more. It's 19 plus and tickets are available at the door for $5 or $3 with CITR membership. All proceeds go to fun drive to help support your campus radio station. We're back with some music by a group. It's kind of interesting. Um, they did a little tour together. Uh, they weren't together very long, but uh, they recorded one album for a label, a European label called Enja. And um, the group was called the Upper Manhattan Jazz Society. That's a good name. And it featured ex-Thelonious Monk tenor saxophonist Charlie Rouse. And one of the great expatriate trumpet players who lived in Europe for many, many years, Benny Bailey, and uh, he's on here too. And the late Albert Daly on piano, and still with us, the wonderful Buster Williams on bass, and uh, my old friend, the late, oh, I should say ex-friend, because he's no longer here, Keith Copeland on drums. And these were the people that made up the Upper Manhattan Jazz Society. This was recorded in 1981 in New York. We're going to hear three tunes um, by this great band. And as I said, it didn't last very long, but it's really nice to hear these people, especially Charlie Rouse and Benny Bailey and, and, and the rest of the cats. Uh, it's just a, a wonderful group. And we're going to open with uh, a tune, a bit of a change of pace from what we've been listening to uh, a tune entitled Mr. McGee, and it's dedicated to Andy McGee, uh, um, a great Boston saxophone player who's a friend of Albert Daly's. And Albert Daly wrote this tune, a little funky tune, Mr. McGee. And then we're going to move to a, a beautiful tune by pianist John Hicks, dedicated to um, John Coltrane's first wife, and it's entitled Naima's Love Song. And then we're going to end with a, a blues written by Charlie Rouse entitled Little Sherry. So here are three selections from the Upper Manhattan Jazz Society. Have fun with this.
That was a band called the Upper Manhattan Jazz Society. And, of course, the nominal leader on that was the ex-Thelonious Monk tenor saxophonist, one of the most individual voices of the tenor, Charlie Rouse. And we heard the great American expatriate trumpeter who was home for a, a bit, Benny Bailey, the late, great Benny Bailey on trumpet. Albert Daly, who was, of course, passed on to on piano, died too young. And uh, still with us, Buster Williams and the late Keith Copeland on drums. And um, we heard three tunes from this album, which came out on Enger Records. And I'm grateful uh, to my good friend Ron Hearn for making me aware of this album. I sort of knew about it, but I hadn't heard it. And uh, when I put it on my home CD player, I said, you know, this is great stuff. So uh, it's always nice to hear music, that, uh, especially by artists that you admire and um from an album that you've never heard, and it's always uh, refreshing. So we heard three tunes from the album. We opened with the funky Albert Daly composition called Mr. McGee, dedicated to Andy McGee, a great uh, saxophonist from Boston. And then we heard a beautiful John Hicks composition, pianist John Hicks. He wrote a tune to John Coltrane's first wife, Naima, and it was called Naima's Love Song. The last tune was a blues written by Charlie Rouse called simply Little Sherry. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, trio of tunes. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker. And um, on January the 18th, I was talking to my good friend Don Thompson, one of Canada's most important musicians. Don lives in Toronto, and October, um, January 18th was his birthday. And um, Don, of course, is getting on in years. He's a, a most important musician, pianist, uh, composer, uh, vibes player, bassist, uh, teacher, member of the Order of Canada, all that kind of stuff. And he asked me if I'd heard the latest album by my uh, old friend Miranda Sage. And I said, no, I haven't. Uh, she has a new album out. And he said, yeah, we just did it. It's just coming out. And uh, Miranda lives on Vancouver Island. And she doesn't get over to, uh, to Vancouver very often. She sings in Victoria and, and uh, various other places. But she's a very fine singer, and she's very... Um, a uh, good friend of uh, Don Thompson's. And so uh, Don is an admirer of her work and um, uh, her voice, her singing, her interpretations, all that kind of stuff. And he created this album. Uh, Miranda went to Toronto to record with, um, with Don and a selection of some of Canada's finest musicians. And this is her latest album. The album is called On This Day, and I think it's a, 
Uh, as Don said, um, this is Miranda's finest album so far, and I'm sure she agrees. She's very proud of this album, and Don is as well, and he encouraged me to, uh, to really check it out. We're going to hear three tunes from the album, and uh, you'll get a chance to hear not only the, the beautiful arrangements that uh, Don created, uh, you're going to hear the uh, very fine tenor saxophone work of another Vancouver, a former Vancouver Island resident, Phil Dwyer. Of course, he still lives over there, but he's, he's been going to school in, uh, in New Brunswick. He's studying law, and if he becomes as good a lawyer as he is a saxophone player, if I'm ever in trouble, Phil's going to be my man, I'll tell you. He's, a, he's a, not only a musical genius, he is a genius. Phil Dwyer is something else. Anyway, he's on here. And, of course, my old friend Terry Clark on drums, Neil Swainson on bass. Terry, of course, is from Vancouver. Neil is from Victoria. It's almost like old home week. Don Thompson was born in Powell River. <laughs> so he's the leader on piano. Uh, Red Swagger plays guitar, and there's some other folks in here um, uh, in the band. Um sort of in subsidiary roles, Kevin Turcott on trumpet, Kelsey Grant on trombone, John DeCimini on alto saxophone, and uh, Surantha Bedage on baritone saxophone. Anyway, Don put together this, this band and wrote all the arrangements for these tunes uh, in conjunction with the wish, Miranda's wishes. So we're going to hear three tunes. The first one is a standard by Johnny Mercer, and of course it's I Remember You. And the second one is a great Billy Strayhorn composition um, called Return to Isfahan. Now, the melodies, the melody is Billy Strayhorn's, but the lyrics were written by Miranda Sage. The third tune is um, kind of a little bit of a protest tune written and created by Miranda, and it's called Fat Cat. And that's the third and final tune we're going to hear from this album. So I hope you enjoy these three tunes and this great all-star band and the vocal stylings of Miranda Sage. Was it in Tahiti were we on the Nile long, long ago? Say an hour or so, I recall that I saw your smile. I remember you You're the one who made my dreams come true A few kisses ago I remember you You're the one who said I love you too I do, didn't you know? I remember too A distant bell And stars that fell like rain out of the blue when my life is through 
And the angels ask me to recall The thrill of the long The night shall down them I remember
were rather funny. The fat cat sits eating milk and honey. The fat cat sits rubbing his fat tummy. He only sees what he wants to see. What he sees, he takes. He really doesn't care if others get their share. The fat cat sits on power and money. The fat cat sits. It really isn't funny, 'cause over here. Little kittens, the little kittens, the starfish, the bees, the bees, the bees, owls and trees, polar bears and more. Ah. Three tunes by Vancouver Island resident Miranda Sage. Actually, she lives in Victoria with her family and a very, very fine singer. Not often heard in Vancouver, but she did go to Toronto and um, make this album with uh, Don Thompson as her musical director who arranged all the tunes and produced the album. And, of course, uh, use some of the finest musicians in the country to um, support Miranda and uh, all the songs on this album. So we heard three tunes. We heard um, the old standard, I Remember You, and then a tune written by Duke Ellington, but uh, with words to it by Miranda herself, and it was called Return to Isvahan. And the final tune was kind of a little bit of a protest piece called Fat Cat, and uh, she wrote the music and the lyrics to it. And, of course, we heard the great Phil Dwyer on tenor saxophone, Reg Schwager on guitar, Neil Swainson on bass, Don Thompson, of course, on piano, Terry Clark on drums, and we heard um, some added musicians, Kevin Turcott on trumpet, Kelsey Grant on trombone, John DeSimini on alto saxophone, and Sarantha Bedage on baritone saxophone in subsidiary roles. Very fine album. It's entitled On This Day. Miranda Sage. Well, the first, uh, I'd just like to mention a few things before we get into our next music featuring the Grammy Award-winning album by the wonderful... Maria Schneider and her orchestra. And uh, this is quite a recording. Anyway, I'd just like to mention that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. 
My name's Gavin Marker, and of course, uh, one of the most important websites you can find out about and all that it entails is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And that is a very, very comprehensive website. They have schedules for their shows down at the uh, Winter Option Festival, announcements uh, for the up-and-coming Jazz Festival, uh, which will be here sooner than we think, because time flies. Um, all the artists that are coming to the Coastal Jazz and Blues Sponsored Club on Beatty Street, Frankie's, which is uh, the music is uh, choreographed by uh, Corey Weeds, of course, the uh, ex-owner of the cellar who was uh, in the employ of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And um, Corey, of course, is responsible for the programming at, uh, at Frankie's. There's other things on that website. You can make reservations. Um, there's give and take, all kinds of links. Very, very important website. That's the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That is coastaljazz.ca. And the other very fine website to uh, check out is vancouverjazz.com, and that's put together by my old friend Brian Nation and kept up to date, of course, and uh, there's all kinds of uh, great information on that website too. So two of them, coastaljazz.ca and vancouverjazz.com. And, of course, uh, another thing I'd like to mention is my good friend Ken Speller, who is a wonderful uh, saxophonist and performer. Uh, he's also a music teacher, has a business called Music at Home, where he'll, he'll come to your house and teach you how to play the clarinet, the flute, the saxophone, all those instruments um, in your own home. And uh, he'll supply uh, advice and all that sort of stuff on purchase, rental, all that, all that business. Knows everything. And he's also a wonderful repairman. Uh, he repairs instruments, uh, does a great job, and a lot of musicians are, are um, not swearing at him. They're swearing by him. And uh, <laughs> Ken Speller lives in the 13th and Lonsdale area of North Vancouver. And he keeps his prices very, very reasonable because the workshop and his everything is in his home. So he doesn't have a store overhead to uh, pay. So that's uh, a good thing. And of course, as musicians don't have a lot of money, that's uh, uh, a good idea because um, especially wind instruments, saxophones, flutes, clarinet always require a certain amount of upkeep. Things wear out pretty quickly, springs break, pads leak, all that, all that stuff. So he does everything. And he can be reached at uh, via telephone at 778-800-1933, 778-800-1933, or K Speller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. That's K Speller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. And uh, we're going to return to music, this time a Grammy Award-winning album called The Thompson Fields, and it's on the Artist Share label. It was recorded last or in August of 2014 and has won uh, a Grammy Award. And uh, the very distinguished composer and organizer of this uh, incredible band, Maria Schneider, 
is one of the most creative and uh, wonderful people in, uh, in the business. And it's great, not only because uh, she is uh, um, uh, a very, very talented uh, musician and artist, um, it's also really great that Maria is a female. And uh, in, in, a, in a field, jazz is, is um, there's, there are more and more uh, uh, females getting involved in, in jazz music and, and being great music. We have some great uh, musicians right here in Vancouver. And it's just really nice to see somebody like Maria, who is not um, uh, elderly or an elder statesman or at the end of her life or anything like that. She's young, energetic, and uh, Winning an award like the Grammy Award is, is really something else. So we're going to hear some music from her album, The Thompson Fields. And um, this is an incredible band. Uh, I'm not really going to run down the whole personnel. There's all kinds of well-known people in the band. But it's huge. And there's some really great, uh, of course, there's great people in the band. Uh, people that uh, should be known, Steve Wilson, who plays alto saxophone, uh, my friend Rich Perry, who is a, a wonderful and terribly underrated tenor saxophone uh, player, Donnie McCaslin, uh, Greg Gispert, trumpet player, um, and uh, uh, Laggie Lund, the guitarist, Frank Kimbrough on piano, Jay Anderson, great bass player, Clarence Penn on drums, um, all kinds of people in this band and we're going to hear as I said a few compositions here we're going to begin with uh, a beautiful sort of a haunting thing uh, Maria writes uh, uh, rather hypnotic and haunting and very beautiful music she's been influenced by uh, Gil Evans who we heard on our jazz feature and uh, and Bob Brookmeyer and she is a, a kind of a combination of, of those influences but of course sounds very much like Maria Schneider. So we're going to hear um, the first of her compositions called Walking by Flashlight. And that features a soloist, Scott Robinson, on alto clarinet, uh, a rarely played instrument. Then we're going to hear uh, one that features um, two brass soloists, uh, Marshall um, Gilkes on trombone and Greg Gispert on flugelhorn. And the uh, following tune is going to be The Monarch and the Milkweed. And then we're going to play a tune that features my friend Rich Perry, great tenor saxophonist, and the tune is entitled Home. And it's dedicated to the great uh, producer and uh, um, the man who produced the Newport Jazz Festival, and great artist in his own right and producer and somebody very valuable in jazz, George Ween, dedicated to George Ween, and it's called Home, featuring Rich Perry. So three tunes by award-winning, Grammy award-winning Maria Schneider and her large orchestra. Thank you. 
We heard three pieces from the Grammy Award-winning album, The Thompson Fields. And that was an orchestra, of course, led by Maria Schneider. And this is her wonderful album that uh, now she's honored to uh, have um, received a Grammy Award. And we heard some uh, beautiful music, very much in the style of Maria Schneider and um, very ethereal, um, spacey, full of beautiful textures. And of course, uh, the orchestra um, consists of so many great musicians. Um, I'm not about to run down all the names, but I'll tell you the soloists on each piece that we heard, all composed by Maria Schneider. And the first one was called Walking by Flashlight. Features Scott Robinson on alto clarinet, an instrument not uh, very often heard in a jazz context. The second tune was entitled The Monarch and the Milkweed, and that featured um, Marshall Gilkes on trombone and Greg Gispert on flugelhorn. And the third tune, called simply Home, featured the haunting beautiful tenor saxophone of my friend Rich Perry. And um, those three tunes made up uh, some of the selections from this album, The Thompson Fields, which is produced on uh, Maria Schneider's own label, Artists Share. And um, she has put out a whole series of albums on this, uh, on this particular label, and this is the latest. And, of course, the winner of this year's Grammy. 
We're going to feature another Grammy Award winner, this time a vocalist. And her name is Cecile McLaurin Salvant. And um, before we get into her music, just a, a couple of brief announcements, and we'll be right back with uh, our second jazz Grammy Award winner, this very, very unique singer who certainly deserved the Grammy this year. Do you like Friends? Well, we like you. So become a member and get a Friends of CITR card. Not only does it make you special, but it gets you all kinds of deals with our friends on Commercial Drive, like 10% off at Stormcrow Tavern, High Life Records, Audio Pile, Mintage Clothing, and more. Visit CITR.ca for more, or come check us out in the nest. You're listening to CITR 101.9 broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkameenam-speaking Musqueam people. The weather. Actually, tomorrow is really going to be a nice day. So rain is supposed to end uh, after midnight tonight. Then it's going to be cloudy and a little windy with a low of 7. But then tomorrow, uh, I think, is going to be the nicest day of the week. There's going to be some sun breaking out. So it'll be a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 7 and a tropical high of 11. And then the rest of the week, well, (laughs) showers. Showers and rain. Uh, for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And uh, temperatures, not too much variation between 6 and 10 degrees uh, on all of those days. So we're going to hit rain every day. Um, And then Sunday, well, they say cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower, maybe a bit of a respite with a low of 3 and a high of 10. So that's basically the picture. A little dismal, but, uh, you know, uh, don't forget, back east, they're suffering from severe winter conditions, really bad. In uh, uh, Ontario, New York, Montreal, uh, it's really cold even for them. So we're still pretty lucky. You know, we just put up an umbrella and put up with it. So that's, that's what's happening. All right. Grammy Award winning singer, Cecile McLaurin Salvant. She is incredible. And uh, she's heard here with Aaron Deal on piano, Paul Sickaby on bass, and Lawrence Leathers on drums. And we're going to hear a few tunes from this uh, wonderful album um, that won the award called For One to Love. That's her, that's her album. It's not her first, but this one has won the Grammy. And we're going to hear the first tune 
is her own composition, and um, it's called Fog. And the second tune is written by uh, Blanche Calloway, that's Cab Calloway's sister, and Clyde Hart, the great uh, uh, pianist from the 1940s. And the tune is called Growlin' Dan. Then we're going to hear a tune by Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein called The Stepsister's Lament. And the final tune is a Spencer Williams, Clarence Williams composition called What's the Matter Now? So here then the unique and Grammy Award winning vocal stylings of Cecil McLaurin Salvent. Someone new, for someone who really 
someone too Somehow remind me Pitter patter, rain on my window. My world was very small when I had you. What's the matter? What's the matter? Tears on my pillow. Why would I be surprised? He tells me pretty lies. I tried to find a man who's just like you. Subterfuge, what rules to hold him and keep him beseeching. But why try to catch a fog disappearing? Ha ha, 
Minnie, I'll see you in the sweet boy and bye. When my man gets mad, he growls. He says, what are you doing? Where you been? Where you going? When did you come in? Is my bath ready? Did you turn the water on? Oh, oh, sometimes I wish I was gone. But he handles my affairs, and that takes a real good man. Bella want a girl like her, a frail and fluffy beauty. Why can't a Bella ever once prefer a solid girl like me? She's a frothy little bubble with a flimsy kind of air and with very little trouble. I could pull out all her hair. Bella want a girl like her, a girl who's so unusual. Why can't a Bella ever once prefer a usual girl like me? Her cheeks are a pretty shade of pink, but not any pinker than roses. Her skin may be delicate and soft, but not any softer than a dozy's. Her neck is no longer than a swan's. She's only as dainty as a daisy. She's only as graceful as a bird. So why is the fella going crazy? Oh, why would the fella want a girl like her? A girl who's merely lovely. Why? 
<laughs> yeah, that was Grammy Award-winning singer Cecile McLaurin-Salvant. And uh, what a great album with um, some fine people that uh, she's working with here. Aaron DL on piano, Paul Sikavi on bass, and Lawrence Leathers on drums. And we heard uh, four tunes. Uh, the first one was her own composition called Fog. And the second tune was written by Cab Calloway's sister Blanche and pianist Clyde Hart called Growlin' Dan. And the second or the third tune was a Rodgers and Hammerstein tune called Stepsister's Lament. And the final tune was an old-time bluesy thing with, written by Spencer and Clarence Williams called What's the Matter Now? And uh, featured some uh, punch and piano work by uh, Aaron D.L. So she has won the Grammy, a very unique vocal stylist, sort of goes everywhere and has such a great uh, dynamic voice, Cecile McLaurin-Salvant. And I should mention that uh, previously we played some music by Maria Schneider and her um, orchestra. She won two Grammys. Yeah, I just found that out. Hadn't realized that. I knew she won one, but I didn't know she won two. And that's great. Two's better than one. So there you go. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. We're going to uh, play two pieces of music dedicated to Black History Month. You know, John Coltrane was was not particularly political in his stance. Um, He talked mostly about music. Uh, Of course he was concerned with civil rights. Any any African-American would be. And uh, he was very, very much aware of what was going on in the United States, especially in the turbulent 60s, uh, when so much was going on, especially in the southern states. And when those little innocent black children were all killed, Coltrane had to make a musical statement. And he did with this performance that we're going to hear right now. It's a famous piece of music, and it truly is a lament. And, and it's touched with deep sadness and a touch of anger. And uh, it's played by the classic quartet with John Coltrane on tenor saxophone, McCoy Tyner on piano, Jimmy Garrison on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. And we're going to follow that with a piece of music played by Charles Mingus and a large ensemble with a great tenor saxophone solo by Booker Irvin. But the poem was written and narrated by Charles Mingus, and um, it's a metaphor for African-American people. And you'll hear it when you hear it. So we begin with John Coltrane's Alabama.
This mule ain't from the south, but this mule's had some learning, mostly mouth to mouth. This mule could be called stubborn and lazy, but in a clever sort of way, this mule could be working, waiting, and learning, and planning for a sacred kind of day, a day when burning sticks and crosses is not mere child's play, but a madman in his most incandescent bloom whose loveless soul is imperfection and his most lustrous groom. So stand fast, young O'Mule, soothe in contemplation that burning hole and aching thigh. Your stubbornness is of the living, and cruel anxiety is about to die. Freedom for your daddy. Freedom. Freedom for your mama's mama. 
Two pieces of music dedicated to Black History Month, of course, which we are honoring. And the first piece of music was, of course, by John Coltrane, and it was appropriately titled Alabama and played by the classic quartet with Mr. Coltrane on tenor saxophone, McCoy Tyner at the piano, Jimmy Garrison on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums and uh, Coltrane honoring the school children that were all killed by the Ku Klux Klan in Alabama. And the second piece of music was a poem. It's a metaphor for African-American people, written by Charles Mingus and recited by the band and a, a very large group. And the tenor saxophone solo was played by the one and only Booker Irvin, who was, of course, Mingus's favorite tenor saxophone player, and this large ensemble. And the piece of music was called, appropriately enough, Freedom. Charles Mingus. We're going to turn now to a recording session that took place in New York City by the Charlie Parker All-Stars. Now, most of the people in here were his regular working band, except for the piano player. And unfortunately, these two geniuses didn't somehow, they, were, they had a difficult relationship. And I'm talking about Charlie Parker and Bud Powell. And I consider them both equal geniuses in music. And um, somehow they had this difficult relationship. Um, Bud was, of course, very inconsistent and, and uh, uh, in many ways a, a rather disturbed individual. Charlie Parker, of course, wasn't perfect either, as most people know. But um, the fact is that they did play some music together, and this was one of the few recording sessions they did together. So it's essentially the regular members of, of Charlie Parker's um, group with Bud Powell on piano instead of his, his uh, regular pianist. So Bud just adds that extra spark to this recording session, which took place in New York City, May the 8th, 1947. The Charlie Parker All-Stars with a young Miles Davis on trumpet. Charlie Parker, of course, on alto saxophone. Bud Powell on piano. Tommy Potter on bass. And Max Roach on drums. And we're going to hear the four master takes from this recording session, beginning with um, Charlie Parker's great tune, Donna Lee, which was uh, a finger buster. It took them a long time to get this one together. And we're going to follow that with one of his most charming compositions called Chasing the Bird. And then uh, one of his great blues compositions called Cheryl. And we go to another blues composition called Buzzy. And that uh, concludes the set. The four tunes, the four master takes from this uh, historic recording session. Charlie Parker, Bird in Flight. 
All right, Charlie Parker, the immortal Charlie Parker, Bird Lives. And uh, this was a, a very important uh, recording session. Uh, New York City, May the 8th, 1947. The Charlie Parker All-Stars with Miles Davis on trumpet, the great Bud Powell on piano, who is every bit Charlie Parker's equal, and Tommy Potter on bass and Max Roach on drums, and we heard four compositions by Bird. Uh, we open with the finger buster, Donna Lee, and uh, that's always been a challenge to um, all players to, uh, to do that tune. That was the original version of that tune. The second tune was one of his more charming originals, a contrapuntal thing called Chasing the Bird. And then we moved to a great blues line called Cheryl. And the final tune was a, a simpler blues line called Buzzy. And uh, those four tunes made up the master takes from uh, that recording session, all issued on Savoy Records and, of course, classic Charlie Parker. We're going to close the jazz show just to remind you that next week is another jazz feature, which, of course, will relate to Black History Month, this time by Charles Mingus. I think it's one of his most important albums. It's a very, it's an orchestral album, a large group, and it's one of his most challenging and really phenomenal pieces of music. And it's called The Black Saint and the Sinner Lady. And many people consider this one of Charles Mingus's finest recordings of the many that he did. And that's going to be our jazz feature next week, a very challenging piece of music, which is um, very exciting, very deep, and very complex, much like Charles Mingus, The Black Saint and the Sinner Lady. So that's going to be our jazz feature album for next week, which will be heard, of course, right at the beginning of our program, right after this, the theme and um, a few words from uh, yours truly to introduce the feature. All right. We're going to close the show this evening, and uh, if you uh, uh, have been with us for uh, a while, really great that you uh, were and uh, have been and continue to be. <laughs> so just like to remind you that uh, you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're going to close with um, a favorite tenor saxophone player of mine, a gentleman named Frank Foster, who was actually born on the same day as John Coltrane, the late, great Frank Foster, along with Elmo Hope on piano. And Elmo was actually the leader of this quartet. Elmo on piano, John Orr on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And we're going to hear two tunes to close the set. The first one is the very familiar Georgia on My Mind, played at a nice kind of medium bounce tempo. And the second tune is um, an up-tempo, intense and very hip blues excursion called Whale, Frank Whale. So here then, Elmo Hope and Frank Foster.
wonderful prestige album called Foster Meets Hope, or Hope Meets Foster. Frank Foster on tenor saxophone, Elmo Hope, what a legend, on piano, John Orr on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And a classic album, and we hope you enjoyed uh, that. Uh, we heard two tunes from uh, from that album. That's an album that I grew up with, and uh, that featured um, two tunes. Uh, the first one, of course, was a nice relaxed version of Georgia on my mind, and the up-tempo blues was entitled Whale, Frank, Whale, and that he did. Ending another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR, like to thank you very much for being out there and we shall return in a week's time and of course as i mentioned before the jazz feature next week is the music of charles mingus one of his uh, arguably one of his finest albums and it's called the black saint and the sinner lady so on behalf of citr myself gavin walker and the jazz show we'll see you in seven days time so take care and uh, try and stay out of the rain, if you can.